You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Mountain Bike Radio's Just Riding Along. Uh, we are here at Gorilla Gravity in Denver with Will to talk about a new bike that is coming out that is uh, something that is going to make me tinkle in my britches a little bit. Uh, and that right there probably gives it away to everyone that's a common listener of what it is. So um, let everyone that's here introduce themselves and then we can dig into everything that we have going on. You want to oh, look a dog. Oh, there's a puppy here. <laughs> it's okay. We get distracted so we're, uh, all the time. <laughs> Gorilla Gravity is a... They have their, I guess, what would it be, manufacturing? Yep. And retail is all in one building, and a we, person just walked in with their dog. So we yep, were... We, we designed and manufacture in-house. So, um, and we being who? So how many... So. Who are you, and how did you come to be? So, how did who are you? How did you come to be, and uh, what did you recently acquire that has allowed you to expand your possibilities? Really setting you up here. Uh, well, my my name is Will, <laughs> and uh, Gorilla Gravity came to be uh, about well officially uh, about five years ago. Uh, we, uh, we incorporated. Uh, Matt and I started racing together about six years ago and had the idea for the company just kind of on the chairlift one day about how manufacturing company should, should just be closer to the riders, closer to the community, uh, which involves you know being primarily rider direct as well as making our bikes here in Colorado. Uh, so I told Matt about the idea. And he saw a way to, to make mountain bikes better. So our design philosophy is to, to refine mountain bikes while also making them perform better. So we're not going to have the most complicated mountain bikes out there with the most marketing acronyms. But they are going to be designed to ride real fast, have a good time, very well refined. And uh, we told Christy about the idea, and uh, she helped make it a reality. And so five years ago, we got started. It took us two years to design, test, and prototype our first model, which was the GGDH. We also had to design all of the tooling and production processes, as well as find all of our local suppliers, machine shops, welder, powder coat, testing facilities, that sort of thing. So that took us about two years to get all that, and then we had our first year of production in our buddy's garage, like any good American startup. And then we moved into our current facility almost exactly two years ago, and have really been hitting the throttle since. Right by Bronco Stadium. Yep, right by the Bronco Stadium. There's nothing more Colorado than being by the Broncos, right? Exactly. Do you uh, do you ever second guess your location on game day? Well, we can't be open on game days, so but our rent is uh, we got we got deal of the century on our rent. So oh, that's good around here. We, yeah, it's it's worth the sacrifice. So you sure. just can't like there's so much traffic you can't be open or do they close? No, they rent out our spots and double their rent for the whole building. All the tenants every game day. 
Oh my god! Yeah. So they do. They do pretty well. So if you had business to do on game day, you'd have to like ride your bike in. Yeah, most game days are Sundays, and we're close Sundays. I mean, but if you needed to like run by here, you couldn't do it in the car. There'd be no place to park. Wait, when you it would got just here. be frustrating. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, just go ride your bike. Yeah. yeah. Or watch football. I mean, you know, whatever you're into. Or ride your bike and then watch football. Get everything. You could do it all. Uh, so. The GGDH, that was your first bike. What was the next bike that you guys made? Our second model was the Mega Trail, which is our go everywhere, do everything trail bike for Colorado. It's uh, unique, and then it's got two modes. It's got trail mode and gravity mode. Trail mode is essentially a really efficiently pedaling trail bike still pretty aggressive geometry and then gravity mode which you access by swapping the rear shock mount bolt takes about 20 seconds turns it into a mini downhill bike something that you can take up to the bike parks or it's even still really fun down a lot of our local front range trails with uh with our long descents so a lot of colorado trails are climb for a long time descend for a long time so uh we usually take breaks and stop anyway so might as well drop it down into gravity mode and get ready to get it Extra rad. <laughs> Get after it. Uh, well, cool. So, well, what kind of travel is on the uh, is on the bike? The Mega Trail. Uh, so the Mega Trail in trail mode, uh, it's got 150 mils of travel. Gravity mode's 160. But uh, but also dropping it down into gravity mode, you're gonna lower the bottom bracket a half inch, slacken the head angle a degree, and it also changes the leverage curve, gives it a softer mid stroke for more rock smashing. <laughs> I like this. Go on. <laughs> so really it's to kind of mimic the way that our uh, downhill bike feels. Uh, just kind of a smaller, more maneuverable version of that. Our downhill bike is still a really playful, really well-pedaling downhill bike, but still very much a downhill bike, something that you wouldn't want to, to pedal up the hill. Right, and that's, I think that you yeah, said it's a very well-pedaling downhill bike. I mean, right. it's like, it pedals well bike. for a downhill bike. Yeah. It's like, it gets good fuel efficiency it's, it still for doesn't, a dump truck. It doesn't like, pedal yeah. like a down, or uh, doesn't pedal like a bouncy castle like most other downhill bikes. But bouncy castle. It, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I've ridden, so I've never ridden a downhill bike downhilling. I've ridden them as in like, Tried to test ride one in the parking lot, and it's just the most hideous thing ever. Yeah, so they're not they're not good in parking lots. That's not where you want to ride that. No, and even like just trying to go to like run through the gears is like borderline annoying. You're like it, the the the, it, the handlebars just keep falling over. Like yeah, unless you have a big staircase near you. Yeah, no, just test ride on staircase. That's <laughs> no, a great idea. I would definitely do that if there was one nearby our shop. I would not hesitate at all to. It's like ride it off the roof. Uh, Two-story building. I'm not that. Just build a ramp. That <laughs> transition ramp. You can do it. I huck it onto the expedition. <laughs> yeah. Land on the excursion. Yeah, yeah. Our company car is an excursion. It's the boss's like other car, so it's kind of funny. So all right, well, that would be a good. That'd that be a good, good way to make the roof not as high. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be very evenly not as high though. Can I can I borrow a GG for our DH bike for a little bit? Is that okay? I'm not gonna jump a bike off the roof. That's a bad joke. Um, so, uh, what do you got? Like, if someone wanted one of your bikes, what is the 
how is the bicycle built from you guys? Like, what can they get from you, and what makes you guys special in that way? Uh, so riders can get exactly what they want, uh, exactly what they need. So they can get everything from just a frame, uh, not even a shock, all the way up to a complete bike or a frame with just a handful of parts if you just need a fork and a handlebar or you can get a complete bike without a fork or a handlebar if you already have those and, and don't need new ones. Um, so really the riders can get exactly what they want. They can also customize the frame color, the decal color, and pick the, the build kit components they want. We have base build options, uh, base build kits, which are we spend a lot of time on, so those are, are really good. Uh, from the start, but a lot of mountain bikers do have their preferences, so they can go in and uh, tweak it to their liking and uh, pull the trigger, and it's going to be similar price point to uh, to a big box brand, so you can get something that's made in Colorado, unique to you, for the same price point as you could get a Trek or a Specialized or a Giant or any of those guys. So what's the new bike you have? There's a new bike. New bike. They got the sneak peek. Uh, the new bike is the it's the pedal head. It is our hardtail, our steel hardtail. Uh, it is made for for crushing miles, and it's got GG style geometry. So nice roomy cockpit, short stays, low BB, good for cornering, made for going fast, but also made for just getting in a lot of miles. It's got uh, it's made out of steel. We call it Smash Molly. Smash Molly. <laughs> Custom tubing there. It uh, uses a, a square tube stock profile than, uh, than what's standard. That is a very unique look. Yeah, yeah, it's it's beefy. It's uh, like all the other bikes. It's it's laterally stiff, uh, so it'll corner real awesome. Be real fun in the corners. Uh, also, something that you can take to uh, to Valmont or something like that if you just want to mess around on some jumps. What uh, wheel size is it? Um, you will be able to choose. So you could either get regular old 29ers up to a 2.5 tire size, or you can get the, uh, the newfangled plus size tires, 27.5 plus up to 3.0s. So, Boost? Is it Boost? It's Boost. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. Is <laughs> <laughs> Is everything else uh, making that change? Um, yeah, so the thing with Boost is it allows everything to fit together a little better. Um, getting a bike to, to fit with everything that you wanted to is quite the puzzle, uh, and Boost makes that puzzle ever so slightly more simpler to solve. Um, and uh, so 148... I think is is a good idea. It's just a shame we had to get use one forty two to get there. So do you think so? And uh, Matt was telling us a little bit about this. Uh, the uh, Matt engineer Matt was telling us a little bit about this. So uh, you guys use the fork is obviously normal because that's going to be compatible with everyone on the market. You know, one hundred and ten millimeter space front fork. That's that's boost on the front end, but the rear end. You guys took a slightly different approach to, um, and you. You've offset the hub an additional three millimeters towards the drive side, right? Uh, yeah, for chainring clearance. Yeah, so when you're that, was that so you could run the three inch tire and run like XX1, so you're in like the 32, 42, and the tire doesn't rub the 
chain? Um, I believe this is probably going to be a little better for Matt, but I think it has something to do with the uh, the Q factor of uh, the chain. I think he's coming over now. We'll get uh, we'll get the engineer to, to engineer it out on on the specs of that. So Matt swoop the other engineer Matt from Gorilla Gravity swoops in with the. He's got the, the, I know this, and I'm going to explain it, smile, so I'll stop talking. What was the question? Uh, so the asymmetrical use of boost in the rear, why? Oh, it's for chain ring clearance. So basically when we were designing it, uh, we wanted to fit you know the three-inch wide tires and a ridiculously short chain stay. So the front of the tire is actually in front of the back of the chain ring, so they kind of overlap. Uh, and so we had to make a little bit more room between the tire and the chain ring than what's standard even on a boost setup. So what we did was we had to push the chain ring further out to make room. Uh, and then <clears throat> that had to be done in a way that we could use standard parts and still make it all work. And then on the rear end of the bike to make the chain line on the cassette match the chain ring, uh, we took a boost hub and then offset the hub itself three millimeters to the drive side. And so that keeps your chain line exactly what it's supposed to be as recommended by the drivetrain companies. Gives more chain ring clearance for the short chain stays. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, everything is just standard parts for as far as cranks and whatnot. And then as far as the wheel itself, when it's built, uh, we just dish the rim over three millimeters. And if someone's taking a standard wheel that they already have, that's a, you know, 148 up, you just dish the rim over three millimeters and you don't have to change spoke length. Well, that's good. So is there a max chain ring size for this bike? Uh, it's looking like 32. We may have to confirm that, see if anything bigger fits. So it's a 32 ish. Yeah. Well, Offic- official answer is 32. Yeah. <laughs> a 32 will fit. Yes. There we go. Cool. I mean, and on that bike, honestly, you don't you don't need a bigger chain ring than that. If you're riding somewhere where you need a bigger chain ring, you probably don't need all that bike, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did an enduro race over the summer where I hit, I think, over 40 miles per hour in the race with a 30-tooth ring on the front and smaller wheels. So, I don't... I can't imagine how you'd be crushing it that hard on a hardtail. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, like, I don't know, someone in northern Michigan that wants to ride on a trail where they're going to go, like, 20 miles an hour on the trail under load. They can definitely do that. You can do that with a 28 tooth. No, these old people can't. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you're saying. The the person that does this at 75 RPM. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got it pretty much optimized for gearing ranges that are needed. Uh, now, if you want to run the biggest possible chain ring for, you know, ego purposes, then <laughs> maybe you can cram a 34 in there. Oh, man, that's awesome. It's it's fine, though. It's just I have to use a gear calculator. I work at a shop, and I have to use a gear calculator all the time to show people. I'm like... If you have XX1 and you have a 2810 and you pedal this fast with this wheel size, you're going 30 miles an hour. And they're like, well, I never go 30. I'm like, run a 28, please, please buy a 28, please. I'll give you a dollar off. Like, just do it. Like, Yeah, what what I was going to say a minute ago was that for me personally, I'd probably run a 28 just in the fact that, you know, then you get an easy climbing gear when you need it. Mm-hmm. And a 2810 with a 29er. Is going pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
Yes. I mean, that's what my, my former boss uh, for, at the shop over the summer was a pro endurance racer for a while, and he runs a 28. I mean, he's still, he's not in that kind of shape anymore, but he's not, he's faster than most people. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I run a 28. 28 yeah. 10's uh, pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't ever use the 10. So, really. 32 10, you know. That's you should be good. Exactly. Especially on a 29er. And even if you're on XT 11 speed, that just has the 11. 32 11 is still really fast. I mean, yeah, you're hauling. Yeah, that being said, uh, a lot of people don't realize how much taller of a top end the 10 tooth is, though it's literally adding 10% taller of a top end. Well, yeah, and that's where my little thing, I use my I use Bike Gear Calculator. It's a free app for iOS stuff. And, like, I literally show them that. I'm like, look, you go 10% faster. I was like, it sounds like one tooth, but when there's only 11... And you take yeah. one off, that's like near, it's like so close to a full 10%. And they're like, well, but a 28 so small. And I'm like, here, buy a 32. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Come back like, next week and I've buy a tried really also. hard. Yeah. Like, they're like, well, I don't go that slow. And I'm like, well, I'm not asking you to go slow. I'm asking you to pedal faster. Like, because if you're pedaling at 35 RPM and, and you bump into something, then you just fall over because you can't like, Oomph over it, you know, but whatever. Um, I mean, some people can't be helped. No, they can't at all. They can't at all. It's it's really comical. So, um, well, cool. So with the with the new bike coming out, it's going to be Crow Molly. Uh, Smash Molly. Smash Molly. I'm sorry, Smash <laughs> Molly. Uh, this sounds like a new drug on the market. Smash Molly. It, it might Have be you tried it. <laughs> You, so fast. you trying to smash Molly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dork. You should make a shirt that says that. No. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Don't make a shirt will. that says that. Yeah. You should. You what should. Is the idea, Hopper. Oh, is, a, is it going to be single speed compatible? Uh, yes, in the sense that if you run a chain tensioner. Okay. Which is what you should run anyway. Because yeah. if you run sliding dropouts, you're making other compromises that aren't worth it. Like with frame stiffness. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Boom. Dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, basically, we get asked that all the time, and that's exactly the answer. I would never want to run a big bike single, like that single speed anyway, but I do love single speed. Yeah. Just I run not... a single speed around town, and uh, I really like it for that because the only thing I ever do is pump up the tires mm-hmm. in five years. Maybe lube the chain. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a single speed by the way. It just lets you know you're pedaling. Yeah, basically what it came down to on the single speed thing was we decided it was better to have a stronger, stiffer, lighter, more robust frame. And right. then the people that wanted to run single speed, you can run a tensioner, which in the grand scheme of things, you still have to have something that's a compromise on a single speed. And we'd rather mm-hmm. have a tensioner than a compromised rear axle system. Is it a, a threaded bottom bracket? Yep. That's nice. Oh, we would not use breastfit. That's good. That's commendable. T forty seven. It's going to be the answer to all problems. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Oh man. So, um, I mean, I, a lot of the breastfit stuff is a push from people that are making things out of carbon fiber. But for people that do actually make things, and we have you here. Uh, I mean, you're trying to build bikes that are big and stiff and tough, and you're still using the the and the people at home won't see this, but small bottom bracket shell. 
Um, there's not really any stiffness problem with a like a regular BSA bottom bracket. It just comes down to you have to tie the right tubes together around it, right? Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you have to, much. Uh, I guess, chase and face and thread that shell, right? Yep. Yeah, so we'd actually considered press fit at one point, and uh, yeah, well, I did, but... When I looked into it, there wasn't really much of there was really no benefit that we saw because it came down to it. I mean, manufacturing wise, we're gonna thread it and face it after welding anyway. Uh, and then, as far as press fit goes, I mean, maybe it's a little bit easier to ream it than thread it. Uh, but there's just so many. They're known for creaking that has just. That, that was not any sort of thing that we wanted to even venture down to save a half a second on reaming it versus threading it just to you know have potential problems yeah we want our bikes to be easy to work on easy to own easy to maintain and uh press the bottom brackets don't help with those goals yeah i mean it's just if you can use a tool to turn a cup that has threads in it that's so much better than like using a hammer to remove a bottom bracket just so you can spread grease on it and then squeeze it back in there and and hope that it's quiet. I mean, that just seems when you describe it, or I describe it like that, it just seems absurd that that would make any difference. You know, like well, I mean, headsets press in and those work fine. So you'd think that it's probably feasible that a bottom bracket pressed in would work fine, but the vast majority of the experience is that they don't. So, and that's the that's what we've ran into at the shop is uh, if you use and headsets yeah it's a nice like if you look at like a king creek headset it's a it's a metal cup that presses into the frame and then bearings just drop into it you know it's pretty simple but when you start taking a a carbon fiber or even an aluminum shell and then putting a plastic cup into it it just doesn't work well and we've had lots of luck using some nicer um alloy bottom brackets that press in they have a, a pretty nice tolerance but then you're pressing alloy into carbon or alloy into another alloy and it's just I mean, threads work so well for so long. I mean, yeah, there's really no reason to get rid of threaded bottom brackets other than new stuff. Well, I think it just makes the carbon manufacturing process easier for them. Yeah, and it's a and lighter... there's no additional weight penalty. Yeah. Yeah, well, although the problem in the manufacturing side is if they're not reaming it after molding, it's never going to be perfectly round or perfectly sized. Oh, let so. me t- I can tell you a lot about that. We don't have to put it on the recording though, because yeah, and I mean, our, uh, our audience has heard my my ranting about uh, my press fit troubles with a Cannondale carbon fiber frame. Yeah, and the, that was the what I was going to say. Is, well, carbon <laughs> well, they, bikes. They've you, heard about it. It's 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 a long rant. Carbon bikes. You can't. I can't as a bike shop go behind the manufacturer and and do any post production treatment to that because it's carbon fiber and we just don't have the tools for working on that. But. You know, an alloy frame I can face and chase again, but yeah. you know, if there's stuff missing, there's nothing you can do. If the if the material's that not there, there's nothing you can do. And a, a good old cup that threads in and bottoms out on the outside of the shell, man, they just they work so well. Yeah, well, that's why we use it. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything else you guys want to add about your so? Your bikes? Oh, well, I have a couple. Of, I have a couple of questions about just the bikes in general. So. They all use standard press-in headsets. Um, are those 
like normal Cane Creek style stuff, like a zero stack top and bottom, or is it external cup stuff? Or uh, we use an external cup for the bottom, zero stack to the top. Uh, and I'm not familiar enough with the stuff to know, but can you do any angle adjusting headsets with that system? Yep. So yeah. You... So we use straight head tubes, which work with any steer combination that someone may want to run. So once again, it uh, it's, it's easy. It's interoperable. It uh, is affordable to manufacture, and it adds very minimal weight. And it also adds stiffness and structural rigidity. And then options. So, like, you could take a pedal head and put an internal lower cup and run a one and one and eight fork, and suddenly you've made the head tube steeper because you've took headset stack height out. And yep. It'd be a, a quicker handling bike if you wanted to ride one at 120 quick bike or even 100 millimeter suspension corrected rigid fork. I mean, if someone wanted to get beat to death on your all mountain. Hardtail yeah, with you, a rigid fork. You could do that. I mean, we try to just leave the options open for people to do what they want. And that's what's so fun about options is you can do really, really dumb stuff and then be like, that didn't work. They knew what they were doing. I'll, I'll do what they said I should do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's that, great when you, get people, when you give people options. You're like, no, I want to do this. And then they're like, hey, that sucks. Can we uh, do what you said I should do? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, the pedal head's designed around 120 mil fork. So we think with a hardtail, 120 makes sense. Uh, you know, you s- it's been popular recently to run a 140 on a hardtail, and that's that's a lot of front travel for zero in the back, or you know, minimal travel because we did try to build a little compliancy in the rear. Yeah, cause, I mean, with the hardtail, the head tube angle is steepens when you're hitting anything, so we didn't want to have massive head tube angle steepening. With, you know, like a six-inch travel fork up front or something. Oh, right, yeah, because I, I never thought about it like that. When you hit a bump on a regular, like, full suspension big bike, like, the whole bike sinks down. But when you do it on a hardtail, the front end just keeps getting steeper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you and your hardtails. Yeah, I know. So, for what it's worth, I've been running a Pike 120 46-millimeter offset on a Superfly hardtail that has a 69 and a half degree head tube angle. And when you run the trail and the rake and the offset, or I guess trail and rake, it comes out to just a couple of millimeters within a Ross 9 at 120. And, uh, like the Niner. The Niner Ross 9, like there. And it was a fun bike. Uh, didn't pedal uphill as well as my 120 fork. 71 degree head tube angle bike, but it definitely went downhill much more confidently. So, thank you. You should ride one of these. I would, I would love to. <laughs> uh, if, the, if you get one that's maybe a little bigger, I would love to ride one. We will have one that's bigger. There's so good. There's going to be a bigger. It'll be one. a large, which is slightly bigger than the the medium large prototype we have. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, is that going to be ready tomorrow? Uh, not quite tomorrow. Maybe February. <laughs> that's that's good. About the time the trails are starting to dry out, right? Yep. You don't even have to wait for the trails to dry out too much, though. Cause that new plus size tire. Yeah. You can ride it and you know in the snow. snow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I've never done that before on my regular. Bus. I know regular <laughs> tires just don't work for that. You need to sell these with two wheel sets. Shh. 
Well, cool. Do you guys have anything else you want to add in today? Uh, this is where we like plug our website. If you want media. to. Uh, you can talk yeah. about your dog. You can talk about anything you want. You can plug all that uh, stuff. Dog, which is awesome, because dogs. I don't know. He, he's a dog, so I won't talk. Dogs are pretty awesome. Dogs, but a lot of yeah, people do- like dogs. Will doesn't like dogs. <laughs> do you? Do you not like dogs? I don't. I don't dislike dogs, but I'm glad I don't have a dog because I feel more free without a dog. There is that. <laughs> a dog never poops on your floor, huh? A dog never poops on my floor, or pees in my shoes, or chews up my shoes. Or poops in your shoes. Oh, and I never have to worry about when I go out of town. I feel that way about kids. Yeah. You definitely can't kennel your kids. So, dogs, still easier than kids. Yeah. (laughs) Or you can talk about your website now. Yeah, you can do all that. (laughs) It's uh, ridegg.com. R-I-D-E-G-G. Com. And you can go on there and you can see all the customization options, the frame colors. Um, you can learn more about us. It's, uh, it's a pretty neat website. And the new bike should be live on the website. Uh, it should be live on the website Wednesday. We'll have the pre-order up okay, uh, cool. with the info. So looking to drop all of the specs, the, the geo, the pricing, uh, availability, that sort of thing on, uh, on Wednesday. After our uh, release party at Alpine Dog tomorrow night, Tuesday, from it starts at six thirty. We're giving away one of the frames, first production frames. Um, we're going to give it away, give away the benefits Coactive, which is a industry trade association for Colorado active lifestyle product manufacturers. So, supporting manufacturing in in Colorado of badass goods. So is this in some way giving back to the grant you guys got earlier this year, or was that from a different place you got the grant? Uh, that was from a different place. Okay. Uh, so we got the grant from Chase Bank. Oh, that's right. Yep. That's so right. it was their Mission Main Street grant, uh, which is given to 20 small businesses in the country. I think there was like 33,000 applicants. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, it was, great. Uh, it was pretty neat out. Someone on like the... The like approval process was like, man, that's a good looking bike. This was going to the top. They of the actually list. really liked our bus. Our bus says it's a it's an old school bus. Our, our old one was before we got the grant. Uh, it was an old school bus. It says badass mountain bikes on the side, and the people at Chase really liked really liked that one. <laughs> that's so cool. I think that helped us. So that that was yeah. it was a good ROI on the bus because it was <laughs> yeah. like three thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And two cans of spray paint. I'm yeah. just kidding. Oh, it was uh, a lot of paint. No, it was like, it was like three gallons of uh, Rust Oleum. Really? <laughs> just, did you roll it on? Yep. Yeah. Was it yellow when you got it? Yep. Oh, yeah. By, did you legally have to paint it? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think as long as you paint cover it black. How we roll. Yeah. yeah, I think as long as you cover up the name of the school system, you're probably kosher. In yeah. the state of Tennessee, it's illegal to own a yellow school bus and not be a school. I'm 90% mm. sure because we had a lot. My last job, we wrapped cars. Because you lived in a toka and people wanted a school bus instead of a house trailer. <laughs> no, I worked at a place that wrapped cars and people often wanted to get their buses wrapped because they didn't want to pay to paint them. And then we told them how much it was to wrap them. And they're like, well, I can paint it for that. And I'm like, yep, you sure can. Probably a lot less because oh. we looked into wrapping that thing. And I think it was like $8,000 or something. Yeah, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And then I think we painted it for like $400. Yeah. Yeah. Makes all that paint seem a lot cheaper. Yeah. 
Well, cool, guys. Well, uh, I'm excited to ride one of the bikes. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Got to take the full squish out, too. I will. <laughs> I don't promise I'm going to like it, though. It's got a boinger in the back. There's too many switches and buttons to play with. So. I'll, I'll take it out and, All right. and ram it into shit. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. That. Well, thanks for having us down, and uh, yeah, I do you. look forward to riding the bike. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.